0: What's up my fellow limpers? This is your host Jordan Ross and thank you for listening to another episode of the What's Your Limp podcast. Now this intro I'm actually recording from my hotel room uh, on location where I'm shooting uh this new project that i've I've teased in previous episodes, I promise it won't be too much longer until I'm able to give some more concrete information on this uh However, I don't have all of my typical recording equipment, so this intro might not sound as crisp as some of my others and uh if you're thinking that while you're listening, that's why I'm just recording this from my phone. Uh, But today, I am really excited to finally release my conversation with comedian Josh Blue. Uh, I recorded this a little while back, I think back in... June or July or something, uh, maybe even before it's been it's been several months. Uh, There have just been so many other episodes that have come out that I've wanted to release uh, to correlate with, you know, a a movie that's releasing with with the person that I interviewed so they could promote it or whatever. There was other episodes that were just a little more time sensitive uh, that I, I wanted to get out there. And also, this is kind of a shorter episode. So I've been holding off on this one. Uh, For a week that I didn't really have That much time to edit it And upload it So uh, that happened to be this week I have shot seven days uh, This week, Monday through Sunday I'm shooting tomorrow as well uh, It's currently Saturday night uh, So I guess I haven't yet Shot seven days But tomorrow it will have been seven days uh, Seven days straight So I'm kind of in a time crunch And thought, you know what I'm going to put the Josh Blue episode out there uh, I think people are gonna really enjoy it. He's a really funny, laid-back guy that's able to use his his comedy in a way that informs others and educates others and uh, creates empathy. Uh, and I think that it's um, a, a really, really great approach. I'm really excited about this one. I, I had been a fan of Josh for a really long time. He was already one of my favorite comedians, and it's not just because he has cerebral palsy like myself uh i just thought he was super funny and um but the fact that he does have cerebral palsy uh they're, they're- is a bit of a a, a connection there it made me feel almost like a kinship to him, uh, you know? We're on the the same team, as he says at the end of this episode, "Palsy Power." Um, so it's it's one of those things where it's like it makes me it makes me want to root for him even more, um, and especially the fact that you know he he like myself like we're we're in the entertainment industry, which has a a major shortage of uh, entertainers with disabilities, and uh, Josh is out there knocking down barriers and showing other people with disabilities that they can do that too i have always admired josh i was so thrilled whenever i reached out to him and he agreed to do my podcast i hope all of you enjoy this you know fun sized episode of what's your limp uh and yeah so without further ado sit back relax and enjoy this conversation with comedian josh blue Hey, how are you doing oh good man how are you i'm doing good i'm doing good thank you so much for doing this sure bro can you see me okay yes that's perfect <sighs> sorry this is what i look like same i i think you look great i love that shirt by the way oh uh, thanks man yeah um are those skulls behind you yeah big wall of skulls yep <laughs> nice well, i guess we can start from the beginning and see like you know what was your childhood like and When did you you officially get diagnosed with with cerebral palsy and and all of that, jazz?
1: Oh, sure, man. You know, I was born in Cameroon, West Africa, Uh, and uh, there were some technical difficulties. And uh, I came out with palsy. They pretty much knew something was wrong right away. Uh, I was having grand mal seizures and didn't look like I was gonna so they flew me from Africa to New York on like the third day of my life so I flew halfway around the world on day two and a half or something
0: first off why were you born in Africa what were your was your family just uh,
1: yeah my dad was teaching English at a school and uh they were there for two years and I just happened to come along.
0: <laughs> so when they, they flew you back, did they also... Is that like when y'all moved back to the States? Or was that a... T- no,
1: no. I mean, my mom... My dad flew me with the nurse back. And my mom stayed. They'd like, they did a C-section on her. And as you can imagine, in Africa, it wasn't... A, you know, didn't have all the equipment. So they basically gutted her and then flew me out. And uh, I actually... Got into the country without a passport. My dad just carried me in a basket. (laughs) I went through. I went through Paris airport uh, with no passport.
0: Wow! So you got smuggled in. Yep. Wow. And then
1: uh, got to Buffalo, New York, and they took me to the hospital. And and, when did
0: y'all make the move back to uh, to the states? uh,
1: I was like one at the time, so you know yeah pretty quickly after that uh but then grew up in minnesota and then went to africa again when i was 15 for a whole year wow and uh, my dad was teaching over there again in senegal that's really cool and uh yeah so i attribute a lot of my success to being born in africa and seeing other parts of the world and realizing what i have going for me is a okay,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, it can always be worse. I, I think that's uh, uh, yeah, my cerebral palsy. It's, I just have one leg longer than the other, basically. Uh, so I wear lifts, nice in work. My- yeah, thanks, thanks. Uh, and, and uh, I you know, wear lifts in my shoe to, to even it out, but there's you know, still a noticeable limp. And um, I remember, th- I, I remember pretty clearly when the first time I I kind of became aware of other people being aware of uh, you know, the things that are different about me. When did you start to kind of become aware of that and were throughout, throughout school were, were you ever bullied about it or anything?
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've always been a very aware person. Like even when I was a little kid, I knew exactly what the fuck was going on and like, just like, you know, people be having adult conversations and I'm like, I know everything you're saying, you know, And so I also, have like, I feel like I'm hyper aware of people talking about me and seeing me, so I was probably five when I realized it, you know, and like just been hyper aware ever since and I think that's why I'm able to talk about it so comfortably is just because I can see how you see me and I exploit
0: the fuck out of that. Right. I would also use uh humor to to kind of draw attention to it before other people would. And a lot of the yeah. time when I would do it, I would it was kind of in a a mean-spirited way to myself, but the first time I yeah. heard you, I I remember watching you and uh years and years and years ago and thinking like he's using humor to talk about himself, but it seems like it's more out of love and acceptance for himself it's not really him being mean to himself or beating himself up um yeah. and i thought i thought that was cool because that's something it took a while for me to transition from doing it as as a defense mechanism and doing it as a way to you know help others just see it see things differently and i i was wondering if you ever had a similar transition or if you always generally kind of loved and accepted that about your yourself
1: Oh, I mean, it took me a long time to get comfortable, but, you know, I really do think it was when my back went back to Senegal when I was 15, you know. That's a pretty influential time of a young man's life, and, and the, you know, I, I, it really just opened my eyes to a lot of things. So after that, I just kind of was like, fuck it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, smoking weed helped a lot too. You know, for me, weed was one of those things where it didn't, necessarily make me feel better it just made me forget that there was anything wrong and just go do whatever you want to do and you know um interesting but.
0: yeah did you ever have to get any uh operations or or surgeries for anything
1: uh i mean i had my appendix out when i was a kid okay so
0: cool about it. yeah nothing nothing to do with uh no palsy maybe. stuff when did you start realizing that you were funny and that you know start start using that as a way to to express yourself do you remember
1: i mean i would say i was funny ever since i was a little kid just like quick with it said it fast you know um but you know i think when you're in elementary school and even junior high you may be getting laughed. but i didn't identify that as being funny it was like oh, is that a thing I can be? Oh, I can be funny? Like, it, it took more self-awareness and, you know, view of the world to understand that you actually are funny. Because right. even in high school, I, I was the funny kid, but I didn't know it was a thing you could, like, do. You know, like, i only been to high school, so that's the only place I know where to be funny. You know, yeah. you get to college and I'm funny in college, and you're like, okay, I guess I'm fu- a funny person.
0: Yeah, what was high school like? You said you were the funny guy. Was it pretty? Were people pretty cool, or were did you have anyone messing with you or picking on you or anything during that time?
1: Man, you know, for the most part, I didn't have much bullying at all. If anything, I was the bully. Um, You know, uh, I said to you like I didn't have a specific Mm clique. I could pretty much go and talk to any of the cliques um and you know I was like nobody really fuck with me because I sat at the all black girl lunch table so nobody <laughs> nobody mess with me man
0: yeah that's i i, I had a similar approach where I, I befriended a lot of the football players uh in order yeah. to to prevent that because it was bad there for a bit but then once i started hanging out with those guys it, it got a lot better
1: yeah, yeah. um I'm telling you, my uh, my ladies will take your football players any day, bro.
0: <laughs> I I do not doubt that at all. That's um, also
1: where I learned some humor. Is those those women were fast and funny and fearless, and you know you learn yeah. a lot from that
0: shit. If someone's messing with with one of their girlfriends or something. They they don't care how big the guy is. They don't care how many other yeah. people there are. They're gonna jump in there and defend them. So, well,
1: and even just verbally shred you. That's the thing. Yeah, verbally shred you. Yeah, which is great. So yeah, I mean, so to that effect, you know, there's a couple people here and there that were ignorant to disability, but you know, I was only one of two or three disabled kids in my
0: school, you know, that were in mainstream, you know. While you were in high school, at, at what point did you start to realize, like, oh, I can use this and possibly pursue this as a career? And, and who were the the kind of major influences for you?
1: Well, I should also mention that, like, because of the palsy, I have a scribe. Uh-huh. So from, like, seventh or like eighth grade through uh high school, I had the same woman named Rosa Marie Daniels, Uh, just a proud Mississippian woman. Her husband is a reverend. And I'm telling you, man, it was like, it was like going to school with my big black mom. And like, so it was a weird world to live in because this mom figure sitting in a school desk next to me in the class, you know, and I'll say something funny and she'll be like, boy, pay attention, you know? Like, oh, but I got the laugh, you know? Like,
0: yeah. So,
1: so uh, you know, that was a very strong uh, influence, you know? it's a, uh, I remember, it Just, I, I think a lot of teachers were afraid of uh, Rosa Marie Daniel. <laughs> yeah, so obviously I've had a very interesting Upbringing and ride and
0: <laughs> yeah, no going. Did you have any like stand-up comics that you looked up to or or watched back then?
1: I mean, there's tons of them, uh, but you know, you first hear Eddie Murphy. I remember giggling uncontrollably, and not even for the right reasons, but just because the shit was funny uh, and inappropriate or whatever. Uh You know. I would watch a lot of the A&E stand-up, like evening at the improvs and stuff like that on TV. Um, You know, this is a tough one because obviously he's a a rapist, but but Bill Cosby, you know, uh, it's really interesting. That guy, that was a lot of America's humor. Like everybody watched the Cosby show. And you know, obviously, that's tainted now. But that was a big influence. You know, I, I can't deny that it, it was a really good stand-up.
0: The first stand-up I ever saw live, so it was Me too actually. Yeah. Oh wow! When did you first start uh, per, trying stand-up? Like, what what was the first your first stand-up experience like? What led to it?
1: I was in college. Okay, it was just like open mic night for like music and poetry, and then. I was I get stage fright so bad I didn't want to do it but finally I made somebody put my name on the list for me and that
0: way I had to do it and off to the races baby never look back. (laughs) Did you have like a a set written or planned or was it just kind of like just I still don't. Yeah. Do you remember any of the jokes you told that very first show.
1: Uh, I sure don't, man. I definitely block that shit out. Yeah. <laughs> There's some terrible, terrible shit, man. The problem the thing is I watched my old like specials, like my latest special. Like it just came out last July. And if I watch that now I'd be like, oh, this is shit.
0: We're all our own worst critics, so you know, I think that's uh that's pretty common. When did it start to kinda of take off for you? What was the the thing that kind of made you realize like this this is something that's that's actually
1: well attainable. i mean i actually studied stand up at college so i realized i like doing it and then i like went to a college you could create your own courses and i decided to study stand up and uh, i got my own my own show on campus and one off campus and i was doing a Josh blue hour Every week, which is fucking insane, uh, like a different hour every week, wow, uh yeah, I couldn't even possibly fathom doing that now, from there, I moved from Washington State to here in Denver, and I pretty quickly found my way onto the scene and took it over, baby yeah, yeah. i fucking went to the top pretty quick.
0: How how did your uh, family respond and, and react to all of it? Were they pretty supportive?
1: No, my parents always wanted me to be a brain surgeon. Really? No, man. Come okay. on, motherfucker. I was about to say. How do you think they fucking feel? They're, they're very happy for me. They've always been very supportive. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, how did uh, last comic standing come about? Like, how'd you you? get on that what was that whole journey like
1: yeah i mean it's a thing people know about in the comedy world and my manager told me i should try it and i tried it the first year and stood in negative 15 in chicago in a line and then i made it like one minute into my two minute set and they cut me and i was like this is you know a shitty make-a-wish, and uh, <laughs> I said that to them when I walked off. And then, and then the next year it came around, and I didn't want to do it because it, you know, left a bad taste in my mouth. But my manager insisted that I do it. But this time I had a actual audition. I didn't have to wait in line, just like in New York. And I went on and kicked its ass and didn't stop.
0: Yeah. So once I had kids, one of the the big areas that my mindset changed was the way I viewed myself because it's like my kids, I know they love me, not just like in spite of the things that I I perceive as flaws or insecurities or whatever, but they love all of those things about me. Even they love me just because I'm their dad. They don't care about any of the stuff that I'm insecure about. So the way I thought about myself and treated myself changed once I had kids. How how did, did you have a similar affect becoming a father
1: I mean it just kind of changes the perspective of what is needed to be a father you know I can barely feed myself food but here I am feeding these people you know like okay let's just change my perspective on how I'm feeding myself you know (laughs) right having kids is a very profound change in a human's life for sure yeah. yeah, I remember bringing them home from the hospital and be like, well, now what the fuck do we do? I'm like, this thing's here forever.
0: Yeah. I remember loading them up in the car and thinking, like, they're really letting us leave right now with this
1: yeah, baby. are you sure? Are
0: you
1: sure? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't fill out much paperwork about, like, responsibility, and. You know?
0: Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of steps that are, like, being skipped in, in that whole it took, process. It
1: took more to adopt our fucking cat
0: right exactly um do uh do your kids have a you know the same the same sense of humor or are they you yeah know? they're
1: twisted little fucks for sure yeah um no man
0: of course they they,
1: they got me for dad so they get a heavy dose of uh of real rough humor you know right But they're very funny. They make me laugh out loud and shit, you know, so Yeah. Uh they're you know, I'm excited now that they're getting a little older and they're gonna you know obviously I don't want them at my shows, but they'll sneak in every once in a while like, Dad, I heard what you said about me like, Yeah, well you do have a big head, you (laughs) know. How old are they? uh my boy is 13 my girl's 11.
0: okay cool yeah i've got a uh a five-year-old girl almost six she'll be six in august a, a two-year-old that'll be three in august and then one-year-old boy so i'm uh i still have a little ways to go yeah you're fucked bro man so like what what kind of other so, do you have anything any specials or anything like that coming up you know anytime soon
1: Man, I'm always uh, working toward the next one. The one I just released was my fifth hour special, Uh, so working toward number six, you know. That's awesome. And I have a CD before all those two, so uh, I'm constantly writing new material and constantly working toward the next one. So it'll be out here within the next year to thirty years. (laughs) Who knows?
0: What was the uh, this past year like for you? Because I imagine with the pandemic and everything it was uh you there weren't too many opportunities to perform when did that kind of start picking yeah. back up
1: well i mean yeah I went I was doing 200 shows a year for 15 plus years and then i became a homeschool teacher so yeah. you do the math on that shit right uh yeah but it's picking up now but also really i realized i don't have to work so hard if i don't want to kill myself i just been doing it because, you know, make hay while the sun's up. But uh, hay has been made and the sun is still up. So maybe it's time to just chill out a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So i uh, where... just
1: whip myself to the grave.
0: Yeah, either way. Um, so where can people watch your, your latest special? Uh, Three is on Amazon
1: Prime right now. You can just, if you got Prime, you watch them for free. Uh, you can also just go on my website, joshblue.com, and I will personally ship one to you. I autograph them and mail them myself, so they will be late. <laughs>
0: That's awesome, though. And then lastly, before I wrap up, one of the uh, the things I ask all of my guests at the end, since a lot of it is kind of talking about things that, that uh, we're either insecure about or struggle with, Um, I like to end it with asking something that you love about yourself.
1: I have really nice, nice cabs. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking soccer player legs. You did play Uh, soccer, right? And yeah, I was on the Paralympic team too. Uh, No, I mean, I think, I think I like the fact that I'm able to talk to anyone and find the good in anyone and the patience and the humor to talk to anyone. So I feel like if you're patient enough for someone, you can find a common ground and talk about that instead of them being yeah. a dumbass.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I really, really admire that. And speaking of calves, I've got one really nice calf. My left one, my right one's my, my shorter leg. So that one's just kind of a, a little, a chicken a leg.
1: gimpy one, yeah. Yeah, all yeah, right. that's, that's nice.
0: my, my gimpy one. But man, my left one is, uh, is something else. Uh, I believe you, brother. I think uh, that's about it. Is there anything else you want to plug?
1: Oh, uh, man, you know, I'm all over Instagram and in all the social medias. It's all just Josh Blue Comedy is my handle. And then I also have a YouTube channel. And that thing's been popping off pretty good. It's called Josh Blue Tube. Yeah, please follow that and check it out.
0: Dude, thank you so much for doing this. I, I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Palsy power. Yeah, palsy power. So that was my conversation with the great Josh Blue. As I'm sure you you noticed, he's a super funny guy. Be sure to go follow him on all of his social media accounts as well as on YouTube. On social media, it's Josh Blue Comedy. On YouTube, it is Josh Blue Tube uh and yeah check out all of his work support him uh show him some love go to his website buy his specials you'll get an autographed uh dvd of it uh also he's on tiktok i i recently started following him there and he he's got some really fun videos it's not all just stand up stuff it's just kind of his day to day life and and goofing around with his friends and family so it's a really fun uh endearing tiktok channel um so yeah Go give uh, Josh Blue some love. Thank you so much for listening to that interview. Uh, Now it is time for me to announce next week's guest. So next week, I am actually interviewing another stand-up comedian that happens to have a disability. He is also an actor who has appeared in projects such as Saturday Night Live, The Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, uh, Let's see, The Good Doctor, The Last Five Years, and much, much more. Uh, he's a really, really talented guy. Super nice. He's really involved. Uh, he, he is really, really passionate about creating other opportunities for actors, uh, comedians, filmmakers, etc. with disabilities. He really has, has helped our industry make so many strides in that area. Uh, so we talk a lot about that, a lot about his career, uh, getting typecast as a little person, uh, and much, much, much more. So be sure to listen to that episode next Monday on What's Your Limp. In the meantime, be sure to like our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Just go on there once, I don't know if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, uh, but scroll down. You can subscribe to us, you can rate us, preferably five stars. But whatever you feel moved uh, to rate us, uh, I I want you to be totally honest. Uh, Review us, engage on there, because that's what kind of pushes us up the lists, and uh, helps other people find the podcast. Uh, So do that, and uh, I hope all of you have a great week. Remember to love yourself, love your limp, and uh, be good to one another. Now enjoy this original outro music by Devin Levi, and be sure to give him a follow at Devin Levi Music.